All right, welcome back to Inbound Agency Journey. This week, I have the pleasure of bringing on Dave Gerhart from Drift onto the podcast. Dave, you have a voice that probably a decent amount of listeners are going to recognize from your days at HubSpot, HubSpot and also on the Seeking Wisdom podcast. So welcome into Inbound Agency Journey, man. Glad to have you. Thanks for having me. When you uh, reached out, I was excited to do it. You've been, you know, writing some good stuff, and saw you you, you gave us a shout out the other day. So I, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, I'm excited to be here. Hopefully, hopefully it is a familiar voice, but it's it's always always fun to for, to do stuff like this. So I'm here. Awesome. Well, I want to get into as we go on here. We'll dig into uh, specifically what you guys are doing at Drift, and then kind of on a higher level, like live chat, which is a topic that's come up a lot in conversations lately uh, in and around the podcast. But before we get there, talking about your background and the, the time that you spent at HubSpot, you just want to kind of give us a quick rundown. This is the 90-second the version, however however many seconds it takes. <laughs> but uh, kind of your career path to get to Drift, um, and and then we'll dig into Drift a little bit more from there. Yeah, sure. So uh, I've, I've, I sum it up by saying like I've spent the first six and a half, seven years of my career uh, just just happened to work at uh, SaaS marketing companies. And that's a product of there's a bunch of really great, you know, B2B marketing companies here in Boston. Um, I actually started off my career right out of college. I was a I worked at a PR agency. So I started off in marketing communications. And then from there, I went to Constant Contact. Um, that was the first, you know, SaaS marketing company, uh, public company. Amazing learning experience there. I w- worked for three years there. I did uh, marketing communications, and then I was on the product marketing team. Um, after Constant Contact, I did a, a brief. Uh, I spent a year at a, a company called Privy, and that's where I met uh, Mike Volpe, who was a CMO at HubSpot. He was an investor and advisor to us uh, at Privy, and had an opportunity to join his team at HubSpot um, in 2015. And on the side, I had started my own podcast called Tech in Boston. Just had wanted to do a side project that I went around and I interviewed founders and CEOs of companies here in Boston. And, and that thing started to, to blow up on the side. And it really taught me like how to do marketing on my own for the first time. And so Mike actually hired me at HubSpot to launch uh, their podcast, The Growth Show. And then uh, after about a year of doing that, I met David Cancel and uh, Elias Torres, the founders of Drift, and just was, you know, blown away by by them and, and their vision. And they were looking to, you know, to bring on somebody to run to to run marketing and be their first marketing hire. And, you know, fast forward uh, 18 months later, it's already been an amazing ride. And, and that's how, you know, where we are today. Man, that's a great journey. So the SaaS, like being with all these SaaS companies, that was not intentional from the beginning. It just kind of happened from where you got started. Yeah, or was that? It was. Uh, oh, it was definitely not intentional. And I, I, I would have a hard time believing anybody who says that that they were. I mean, like, I'm, uh, you know, like I grew up and I all I wanted to do was play sports or be in the NBA. But I'm, you know, a five, you know, five eight or you know, <laughs> pitch in the major leagues or be a professional golfer. Like, I, I was, I wasn't like a 16 year old kid sitting there dreaming, be like, man, one day I'm gonna be in SaaS marketing. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I really got into to SaaS when I when I was at Constant Contact. I had no idea, you know, I didn't really know what it was or, or business the business before, and it was there that um. 
they had just acquired a company and I was working on the PR team. And so my job was to like manage all the communications and, and press around that. And so I had to do a ton of research and really learn about these, these founders and the team. And like, that's when I really started to get interested in entrepreneurship and, and SaaS businesses in general, and just kind of was able to dig in and just learn a ton from, from everybody there and, and started reading, you know, TechCrunch and TechMeme and those blogs every single day. And uh, just kind of opened me up to then at the time HubSpot was blowing up around Boston. And so, you know, I realized that that was kind of the the stuff that I was interested in and, and was lucky enough to find a home at a couple of just awesome companies right here in Boston where I'm from. Yeah, man, that's awesome. It's crazy how, uh, how things transition and to hear your path, but also Drift has had, I mean, from afar, what doesn't look like a completely linear path from getting started, figuring out exactly where the product's going. And then now that, now that there's clear product direction, um, where you guys are going, it seems a lot more linear from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, than, I mean, like I that, mean I, that initial period. Part, part of that is like, I think the, the mission, the mission actually has never changed. So when David and Elias left HubSpot to go start drift, you know, they, they always had this vision of like, you know, we've always, the two of them and I'm speaking as them is like, you know, their, their thought was like, look, we've always built things that were in at the intersection of businesses and customers. And so they knew they were going to do something in that space. And then what happened right around the same time is, uh, this was in October, 2014 when they, when they raised the money, um, messaging, it just exploded, right? This is like, and every team started to shift over to maybe they were on hip chat, but most companies were yep. using Slack, Slack. Now messaging just like absolutely started to take over our lives. Uh, you know, even more so like than it did before in, in 2014, looking back now, that seems like forever ago. Um, but you know, not everybody was using messaging then. And they, and they saw that as a, as a big trend and, and you know, they weren't a hundred percent sure of, of which form that it would, that it would take, but they, they knew that this would be a very real thing that would like change the way that, that we did marketing. And so, you know, it's, it's taken a little, a little while to like for that to really crystallize. And, and we, you know, we've had that vision from day one, but you know, slowly more and more businesses have started to figure out this is a very real thing. And, and it's time that we, you know, make a change too. And, you know, the last year at Drift has just been absolutely incredible. The, the, to kind of figure out exactly what the problem that we're solving is. But, uh, that was, you know, also part of the, the luxury of being those guys being two well-known founders with a reputation of building companies together that, um, you know, when they raise money, they knew, Hey, we're, we don't necessarily have the, the perfect idea, but we're going to figure it out by doing what we do best. And that's go out there and learn and talk to customers. Right. Well, I'm glad that you laid it out like that. Cause I think that's an important point to emphasize for any business model, not just in the SaaS space, but understanding what makes you different and figuring out the mission that you have and the, the customer base or audience that you're trying to help and then adapting the services to that. You know, like it wasn't messaging didn't have to be what drift became all about or, or one of the central pieces of it. It could have taken a lot of different forms. I think the same thing in the agency space, you can't just get locked into, listen, we're just going to build. Uh, there, there are plenty of agencies who've died by sticking to, listen, here's what we do. We build static HTML websites for people. Right. Um, and never adjusting to like, Hey, our mission is actually to help our customers grow their businesses and yeah, the services, and, what that looks like may change. And, uh, I'm, I, this reminded me cause, uh, Mike Volpe, uh, you know, the former HubSpot CMO, he's actually still a really close friend to us. He's an investor in drift and he's an advisor. And so I'm, you know, I'm lucky enough as a marketing person to be able to have him to bounce things off of. And, 
uh, we had him in our office this week to just kind of hang out with the team and, and just share a bunch of stories. And, you know, the one thing that I think he, he got right more than so many other marketing people, marketing leaders that I've seen, which is a great lesson for agencies is like giving his team the power and the freedom to like run tests and fail, right? Because the reason that his team was so successful wasn't because they invented anything brand new, but they were just willing to try new things. And that seems so obvious and, and corny, but like how many people are actually doing that? And so from an agency perspective or a marketing perspective, it's like, let's try video, let's try podcasts, let's try building websites, let's try selling Snapchat filters, let's try doing events, like, and giving people the freedom to like, figure those things out knowing that they're not all going to be a success. But really the goal is like to be early. There's such an advantage if you're the first mover, if you're early on one of those channels, like they started a podcast HubSpot TV back in the day, you know, Mike's like first or second year in the company when nobody was doing podcasts. And so as a result, they all look at him and say, man, you, you basically like invented podcasting, but he'll tell you like, no, that's not true. They were just one of the first people to hop on that channel in the marketing space. Right. No, I think that's awesome. I think that kind of shines through into a lot of the different things that you guys have done and are continuing to try. Like you can see that philosophy echoing through and what you guys are doing at Drift where you've invested in content from the beginning, but then you guys launched the podcast. Video is a push for you guys right now. You've been active on Snapchat and on and on different and new social platforms. Um, on the marketing side, how do you, as you're as you're testing out these different mediums and choosing different things to invest in, how do you kind of pull that whole, pull all those different experiments together into a coherent strategy, Dave? Um, yeah. So, also like we try not to plan. So we try not to get so rigid in, in the planning and we will sit down and talk about the big themes that we want to get done this month. So right now it's like the end of March. Right. And so we're thinking about what are the three to five big things that we want to get done in April, whether that's an event we're running, update to the website, you know, two or three big content themes. Um, but we, what I, what happens, like I started to notice happened to me all the time is I, I'm super type A and so I try to plan everything. And then I like, whenever you get a new idea, especially as a marketing person, I always just fall in love with like the new thing that I'm working on. And so what would happen is like, I might create something and then I'd be like, okay, I'm working on this for Tuesday. And then I have another idea and I'm like, ah, I want to do that thing for Tuesday. And so we've tried to just like made that part of our, our culture and part of the marketing team here at Drift. And so we have a plan, but it's less about, you know, this thing's going to go out on this day in two weeks from now, we might plan things within a week, but looking a month or a quarter out, we just try to pick a couple bigger themes that we're working towards. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that uh, lines up with one of the operational models that, uh, that's that been really growing in the agency space, the EOS, the Entrepreneurs, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, and these themes of quarterly rocks. Like, you've got these big things. They're going to be smaller pieces that aren't always known. Um, so, like that. And you guys have talked a lot about having specific goals, uh, the one thing, or having a singular goal and singular focus. And ultimately, everything needs to add up to be impacting those numbers and and I, th I think that measuring results is if if you're not going to have every single activity planned out in an action plan in either way, you need to. But measuring results and understanding tracking progress as you're moving towards that, I think, is a is a big key here as well. Yeah. And, and this, you know, honestly, a lot of it comes from I'm lucky enough that my boss, David, our CEO, he doesn't care about the vanity metrics. He he you know, he gets marketing in, in the sense of like, he's like, 
He's like, dude, I don't care if six people read our blog, if five people download our podcast, but if you can deliver enough leads for sales to hit their number, then great. We're in good shape. Right. And he, he obviously knows like that doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. Like we need to have a blog and we need to have, build a brand in order to get people, but he's not like hammering me on like, what's the ROI of this podcast episode or like how many leads did you get from this specific blog post? So we really do try to, as a marketing team and just a company, you know, report back on the one or two key metrics that really matter. And at the end of the day, that's revenue and, and new customers. Right. Yeah. Makes a ton of sense. Well, Dave, let's, let's move the conversation a little bit into live chat because that's where we've, uh, we've had a lot of questions here recently is a lot of agencies. So I'm just going to paint the picture for you. We'll see where this conversation goes. Sure. I'm going to paint can I, can I start by you? telling you, can I start by telling you that like the term live chat makes me itch? Itch? I love it. Tell me why. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Li live chat to me, like, granted, that's what a lot of people know it as. But live chat to me is like, you know, what what existed like 10 years ago or live chat is like when you go to Comcast's website to try to write in. Like, so we're trying to we're trying to reposition live chat a little bit. But that's definitely what people know, you know, know it as. But live chat is what uh, sales reps hated because it was very, uh, reactive. And so like no sales rep wanted live chat because what ends up happening is you just get this flood of support questions and live chat is typically uh, a support channel. So there's my, there's my one, two minute rant on live chat. <laughs> well, I like it. I, so I haven't thought about it from that perspective, but I've always thought the name was a little bit oxymoronic because it's like live chat. Like, is it a chat if it's not live? <laughs> I'm so right. confused. Isn't that right. just email at that point? Like, but, uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But anyways, whatever. So whatever we call that thing that everyone yeah, else just, calls live chat, I'm, whatever, whatever just, we choose to I had to, say, <laughs> I had to say that because if I came on this podcast and our team heard me being like, you know, I love live chat, I would get killed. So, Dude, we got to so, spread the word. We got to yeah, spread the yeah, movement. That's good. No more live chat. Um, <laughs> but agencies are realizing this is, this is obviously what customers, prospects, um, this is what people want is they want to be able to communicate with you right now and not have to wait, not to fill out a form, schedule a call, and then try and jump on a phone call when they could just get an answer right now. So that's what people want, and agencies are recognizing that. But the the picture is I'm an agency with five to ten people on the team right now. There might or might not be one dedicated person in sales. And the holdup is, I, I first of all, I'm not 100% sure what platform to use, but largely like who's going to take point on this and how are we going to how are we going to make this feasible for us to um to actually do and do well we want to get back to people who deserve our attention quickly but everyone else is just asking random questions about this blog post that we published or whatever uh like that just seems like those requests are going to overwhelm us how do i'm sure that you've heard that before and like that's a part of um i mean even some of the stuff that you guys are building but what do you tell those types of uh and obviously that's not in like any of your account based marketing stuff, those the five to ten person agency isn't isn't the target. Yep. But um but how would you respond to those people listening? Well, I think first I would rewind back and I think it really starts at just thinking about there's just a disc there's a disconnect, right? So as people, you and I and people that run agencies, like not as our not in our business, but like as just humans, right? Like we expect answers in real time and we expect things to be easy. And we expect because we use messaging all day, like 
we expect to be, that's how we communicate. And so when we go to a website or we deal with a business that doesn't match the way that we communicate as people, we get frustrated, right? It happens to us all the time. Like a couple weeks ago, we'd start to get more people on our webinars. So I needed to upgrade our webinar software. So I go to the website and the only option was for me to call sales. And I'm like, these guys already have my credit card. Why can't I just message them right now and say, hey, I need you, you, do, you to add 200 seats to this. And it didn't happen and that was so frustrating. But then like we all go to our jobs uh, in sales and marketing or running agencies and just business and we rely on all the methods that we hate, right? So this is why like something has to give because traditionally we, we've had to deal with this because you're exactly right. Like, oh, I don't want to talk to everybody. So the solution has been throw up a form or throw up gated content or fill out this form and wait until I'm ready to get back to you. But now like customers today have all of the power. So the balance of power has completely shifted where, you know, forms and, and, and nurturing and all that stuff and waiting to talk to sales. Those are all company problems. Like those aren't customer problems. And really the solution is being customer focused and matching your business to the way that customers actually want to communicate. So I just wanted to start there because that's kind of the, the core of the way that we think about things at drift. And that's the big disconnect that we've seen and, and why the company exists in the first place. Right. No, I, I totally agree. We all know what we like and then from from different perspectives, then we want to impose other standards for other people. Totally. Um, and so and so to answer so to answer your question on like how do you how do you solve for that? Well, there's there's a couple different ways. And and the thing that we built in Drift is Drift gives you a dial to control the volume and the quality of the leads that you're getting. And so maybe Maybe you do want to talk to everybody that visits your website because maybe you don't have a ton of traffic uh, or you don't have a ton of traffic, but it's really high value of a high contract value. And the people that visit your site, like, are, you know, they have to find they have to go out of their way to find you. So you do want to talk to everybody. You turn the dial all the way to the left or you turn the dial all the way to the right and you say, I only want to talk to the 10 percent or the 5% or the 1% of people that come to my site. And that could be maybe your list of already, your list of existing customers, or it could be a list of people that you know are coming from certain domains, uh, or it could be lists of people that are just based on um, firmographic data, like revenue or, or company size. And so like, this is why we don't like talking about live chat because, uh, you know, the thing that's different is like now, now messaging has gotten so good and, and the tools that we're building at drifts in, uh, you know, specifically is like you have the tools to actually manage the quality, uh, and the quantity of the, of the conversations that you're getting. Uh, so I think that, you know, that's, that's where I would start, but like the basic answer is like, even just to take drift out of it for, for, for a second is like, just really think about, you know, what I think people, uh, underrate the copywriting and the call to action on, on messaging when they're using it on their website. And so, you know, I talk to a lot of people who say, I don't have enough website traffic. I'm not getting enough engagement. And the example that I always give is like, I bet you if you went to your website and you changed the call to action to say like, I'll give you 500 bucks for free if you start a conversation with me right now, like they're, you're going to actually get people writing in on your site. So I think it, this, the principles of marketing still apply and you need to figure out like where the best places for you to have uh, messaging across your website are to start and what you're trying to accomplish. Of course, if it's a sales channel, you don't want to have it 
on every single page, right? Maybe you only have it on your pricing page, or maybe you only have it on your pricing page on the third time that somebody visits your website. So there's a ton of flexibility around like when you want this thing to appear. So it's not just like you're opening the floodgates for the entire world to talk to you. Right. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that that is almost all, like most of the chat platforms that I'm familiar with have that kind of functionality where you can pick and choose what pages to throw it on. Yeah, it's just like uh, it's like if you're if you're in your house, right, and it's freezing out, and you open the window all the way, what's going to happen, right? Your whole house is going to get cold. Right. It's the same thing. It's like if you have a lot of traffic, and all of a sudden there's a way for people to contact you directly, then they're going to do it. Yep, absolutely. Well, let's move out of away from the hypothetical space of if you were an agency, how would you think about this, and into how you guys handle live chat internally not sure. not in terms of the filters you have set up or uh or necessarily like here's what pages this is on but in terms of a someone on whatever page it is we can we can pick a specific example or just go vague someone starts a live chat through drift mm-hmm. with you guys how does that get routed and what is are there any goals around response time or what are kind of the guidelines internally that help you figure out how that gets taken care of and resolved yeah, so it starts like the first question that that we ask, you know, and is, and this gets done by Drift, obviously, is, uh, you know, is this a cut? Is this a customer? So is it a paying customer who should be routed to our customer success team? Uh, is it a free user? We offer different support, so we try to get back to free. You know, we have thousands of free users on Drift, and we try to get back to them within a day. Uh, or is it a sales? Is it is it a good lead? Is it a target for us? So. Uh, free, free people go into one bucket, uh, customers go into another bucket and then sales leads go into this, this middle bucket. And so, um, just to, just to give you an example. So we, we know all the email addresses of our customers. And so those conversations will get routed to customer success. That's a little easier. Um, but really like to just to use sales as an example, we've just shifted our entire culture and our entire team to focus on uh, real time selling. And so, here, here's an example. Um, last week we launched a new feature on product hunt called lead bot and product hunt. If you can do it right, can drive a ton of traffic to your site. And we got, uh, just around 7,000 unique visitors just specifically from that page on product hunt on the day of our launch. And so the volume was, was way up. Uh, but that day we had our sales team just literally hanging out on that page and they booked 34 meetings with enterprise level businesses. So that's people, you know, that would be paying us like a thousand dollars and above, um, in real time from people who saw that launch. And that's like, to me, that was like, Oh my God, this thing is so real because that was the most, as a marketing person, I'm like, wait, this is like direct response marketing again. We did something. People were on our website and sales was there to help them. And the example that we use is like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get all these people, like if you had a brick and mortar store, you wouldn't get all these people into your store and then ignore them when they were there, right? But that's what we all do with all of our marketing. So with Drift, our approach is like, okay, marketing's job is to get people into the store. And then once they're in the store, it's sales's job to tell them, to talk to them and make sure they, they can find what they need. Yeah, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. And the launch thing, we've seen that play out um, internally here at Do Inbound. But I think that the launch itself that's just one kind of short-term roi example of how powerful it can be um but you can i even just targeting specific pages um and and 
specific users or from specific locations. I think there's a ton of potential there. Yeah. The, the, the other thing, the other thing is like, we can see, you know, we, you can see like if you're inside of drift, you would see exactly where you, you know, the, you know, the domain and revenue of, of any of these companies. And so we would be able to say, oh, this is somebody that's on our target account list, or I, I know that this is Brendan's lead, or I know this is Danielle's lead. And so you know, we're able to just ping each other in Slack, uh, let people know. And so the sales team now, instead of like, you know, dedicating X amount of time in their day to, to making calls, now they just dedicate that time to, to using Drift and, and, you know, reaching out to the people who are already on our website. So this, they have the same hours in the day. It's just so much more efficient and they don't have to do that thing that everybody hates, which is pick up the phone and, and cold call. Right. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Um, a couple specific questions that I, I think that will probably be thought by people listening to this, but I'm not sure the preface is, I'm not sure how important they actually are, but I hear these questions a good amount. Sure. The first one is, let's take the sales leads for an example. Is there one point person at any given point of the day? So maybe schedules rotate or whatever, who that's the person when a, when a qualified lead comes through who you want to talk, you want to have a conversation with they're clearly the first person who are going to be jumping in and responding or is that a little bit more loose among the sales team to to communicate through that or do they get auto assigned to specific yeah. people yeah it's actually uh it's actually not a person it's our it's the bot at drift and so um inside of drift there's a bot we call it drift bot and the bot will actually res- be the first to respond so i think earlier you mentioned like how do you set expectations around response time and all that and that that's how is the bot is able to hop in and say Hey, when somebody says, Hey back and ask who they're looking for, uh, and then be able to, to assign that lead to the right person. Um, but also we do have, uh, we have somebody on our, on our sales team, Connor, who does, you know, spend a good, a good portion of his day, like, you know, responding to some of those, those better leads. But what we've done now is just set expectations with the messaging and the bot, like, Hey, what's your question? Somebody will get back to you. Right. And so the bot can help route those people to the right right reps on our team or actually just do the whole qualification process for you. And so that way, if we are going to tap somebody and are, are going to grab a sales rep in the middle of the day, we know that this is a, like a, a conversation that has a high propensity to actually turn into a, a real sale. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that having, having Driftbot, that's one of the things that sets you guys apart in this space. Um, and some of the automation stuff that you guys are building out right now, is really powerful, but to have that and automatically parse through what people need and what they're looking for and start to set some of those expectations, I think is, is really helpful. And that's a great tool. Yeah. And there, and it really just starts with, it, it starts all, all you have to do is ask the same questions that you would ask on a form. So how many, right. you know, which industry are you in? How many employees do you have? Right. You can ask that all, but have it inside of a conversation. And we've been able to see people basically triple the amount of engagement when they're using it in a conversational interface versus having to send people to a form. Right. Makes sense. I have two also relatively technical questions here before we wrap up, Dave. One is, Oh, one of the, I know. Get get worried. Uh, one is, are there any messages on specific pages? I guess like the specific way that you ask a question, or what the actual message that pops up in that is, in that in the chat interface is that just kind of uh, creates uh, an 
not non-proportionate disproportionate amount of conversations has really good returns um <laughs> based on either maybe not the phrasing but just like the way that you're setting up that conversation rather than just the classic hey do you have any questions chat here yeah uh i don't i hate not answering this but that's like asking me like which what should my email subject line be like i don't know i have no <laughs> idea right i don't know what email you're sending i don't know what the goal is i don't know when you're sending it and so um sure i could I bet you right now I could spend 20 minutes and, and write write headlines that get you know 70% click rates on all of our pages. But is that what we really want? Is that it's going to say, hey, click here, I'll give you a free slice of pizza, right? Like you know, I could right. make any stuff like that. And so, and to me, this is like really the reason people ask this is the same. It's this is like the time tested thing that they've been asking forever, which is like. Which time should I send my email? Uh, when should I post on LinkedIn? When should I post on social media? Uh, how long should my you know headline be? It's like it goes back to all that same stuff. And the the answer is like I don't know. There there isn't a cookie cutter approach. You have to do what's working. And I've seen some of our customers that have literally the most generic messages on their website, like hey. Let me know if you have any questions. And they're telling us like that's a they get a 60 percent engagement rate. And I've also seen people that you know a message that looks amazing, copy is great, it's in the right place, and they they can't seem to get people to to click on it. And so I've seen both sides. So I don't want to cop out and not answer your question, but I think that's really just comes down to, you know, in, in marketing, like what do you. How are you going to figure out that problem? Like marketing really is just problem solving. So don't rely. If everybody tells you that the best time to send an email is at 9 a.m. on Tuesday, why would you send your email at 9 a.m. on Tuesday? Right. That's the one time not to send your email. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that's good. And that's uh, – I'm glad that you kind of went off on on that and on a couple of these other things because that's ultimately – like these are the questions that people are asking. But yeah, I just people the, the I, not, I, I don't know, like my, my one of my biggest frustrations is that we all look for this like cookie cutter approach. And it's like, here you go. Here's how to get leads. Here's how to how to do marketing. And all of the best companies that that I look up to that do marketing so well, they're so good because they don't do it like anybody else does. Right. Yeah. It's just try the ultimate answer is figure out who your customer is, make an educated guess about what you're trying about what would suit their needs best and then right. try that out and measure the results and then okay. try something else out and measure the results and keep going with whatever, whatever works best and keep making educated, educated guesses. Like that's ultimately all this is about. And it's not that complicated. So exactly. exactly. That's awesome. Well, good. Well, um, so Dave, real quick here as we're, as we're wrapping things up, I, you don't even need to plug these cause, uh, one is, um, if you guys are listening and have not checked out Drift yet, Drift.com um, is the place to learn about the actual product. Seeking Wisdom, which I think you guys have uh, posts and, and notes and everything at SeekingWisdom.io. Is that right? Yeah, but I mean, the, here's the here's my this is a this is a two second beef I have with podcasts. I love them. I'm a huge advocate. I just wish Apple gave us all a better way to get people to listen to podcasts. There isn't that one place I could send you to yeah. our blog. I could send you to our blog. I could send you to medium. I could send you to YouTube, but at the end of the day, everyone listens in different places. So my call to action on the podcast is always, it's called seeking wisdom, pull out your favorite podcast app and search for it and you'll find it. I like it. Cool. Anything else, uh, anything else you want to hit on here as we're wrapping up any other places for people to, to follow you guys slash learn more about what you're up to. 
No, I mean you're. I mean you're gonna ask a marketing guy to plug to plug my stuff. Obviously, I'm not gonna not do it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you got the website. You had the podcast. Um, check out our blog. A lot of people come to us for our blog content. Uh, we have amazing team here who just you know creates content that we're really proud of. And our our mission is to do marketing that you know other people would actually think is is interesting, which I don't think a lot of a lot of marketers have empathy today. So uh, yeah, that's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop plugging my stuff. I appreciate you having me on. It's you know always good to meet new people and talk about marketing. So thanks for doing it. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Dave. We really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck with Drift. Yeah, man. I appreciate it.